You got something for me? Yeah, there was some guy here from Miles Juergens looking for you. They need sparring partners for Apollo Creed. Put me on. There's a car. Who was it here? About an hour ago. They'll probably look for sparring partners for Creed, you know? I said that before, you dumb dago! You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know how! Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker. Some cheap, second-rate loan shark. It's a living? It's a waste of life. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. Two guys talking sports movies. Glad to have you with us. As always, you want to do our spiel right now? If I have to, let's get it over with. Go ahead. I'll let you handle it. All right. I think you should listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe, like, comment. We'd appreciate some feedback. That'd be great. Rate us. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. You know, five-star rating would be great. There are a lot of other, there are a lot of different ways to listen to us. And I, I realize on our, on our website, WSBTradio.com, if you go to the Two Guys Talking Sports Movies tab, there's all these different things in the different places to you to follow us and subscribe and listen to us and everything. Spotify, you know someone who yeah. was on Spotify recently. Yeah, I was alerted that Spotify, where you can find us. So that's a good way. Who knew? Yeah, we're we always, everywhere. We always talk about iTunes, but there's Spotify out there. And, and again, WSBTradio.com, that is the main place that you can find us. And up at the top, just go to the podcast tabs, and there we are. I mean, if it's easy enough for you to figure it out, I'm anyone seriously. else should be able to figure it out. Seriously. What? How about you give us your order? Get out of here! Don't you ever interrupt me while I'm conducting business. Move your little chicken ass. Listen, kid, you. You lay off that pet shop day. Women weaken legs. Yeah, but I really like this girl, you know? But let her train you! Okay, no more fooling around. All right, so... This one, I'm excited about this one. I've been kind of excited about our last couple that we've done. Yeah, me too. Rocky, 1976, written by Sil- Sylvester Stallone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first movie we've done that actually won an Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah, we did Jerry Maguire that's been nominated. Right, did we've win. Not, we haven't done any that have won. Exactly. So Here we are. That's right. <laughs> We're not good enough for the classy stuff. <laughs> that is right. 1976, and I'm not going to say it this time, but I mean... 19- it's hard to believe that that's been that <laughs> yeah. long. This one, I can believe that it's been that long, because this is one that I don't remember when I saw it for the first time. I can't remember specifically if I saw this in a movie theater, because I'm like nine years old when right. it came out. But at the same time, I feel like... I do have a memory. I know that I saw this sometime when I was still pretty young. When the movie on. was semi-recent. Yeah, like Rocky 3 and 4, I actually remember exactly what movie theater I was in when I saw both of those. The Clubber Lang and then the Russian Ivan Drago. Yeah, those I remember. Rocky 2, again, I'm not sure, but I do know by the time Rocky 4 came, I mean, I had seen all of it, basically. So, And I do make fun of you a lot, but yeah. the... This one probably doesn't seem Naturally. like the timeline makes sense because there's been so many sequels. It's not like a one-off movie. You're yeah. like, wow, it's been that long since it came out because there's been so many more that have come out. Yeah, exactly. And you uh, have recollection of watching it for the first time. I probably didn't see this Rocky until I was in college. I watched the Russian one, 
Rocky Four. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was part of a series for a long time. Oh, real? Because I watched it as a little kid. You kind of thought that was a. I'm like, even ah. though it said Rocky Four, huh? <laughs> Where does it say Rocky Four? If you just have it on, it doesn't say Rocky Four. Okay. 4. Okay. I didn't have the VHS box or something. I got you. I got but, you. Um, so I didn't even realize until later that there were some. And then I saw them out of order. Like I saw the Clubber Lang one. I think I, I don't know if I've ever seen Rocky Five yet. And then probably. That's the, uh, of all of anything that has to do with Rocky, including the Creeds, Rocky Five, just, bad. it's not even worth your time with that's, the Tommy Gunn Morrison and all that and stuff. And that's a whole weird story for him, too. Yeah. It's just Rocky One through Four. Phenomenal. Rocky Balboa was a nice little twist that they did there. And I probably saw that before Rocky One, even. Really? So by the time I saw this, it was kind of cool for me to see how everything started because yeah. I just. Well, and this is this is the stripped down version of everything, obviously, because sure. it's the one from the very beginning. They didn't know exactly what they were going to get. It is, as I said, it's written by Sylvester Stallone, and it's essentially like a I don't know if a passion project would be the right word, but I mean it is. It's what launched him, and and the script to Rocky it mirrors what was going on in his career because he's essentially a down and out actor he's struggling to get roles so he writes this movie and then as the movie is getting pitched there were there were bigger names that they tried to put in it like Robert Redford for example Ryan O'Neill Burt Reynolds yeah. James Caan yeah a lot of different people that they wanted to put in it but Sylvester Stallone wanted to be in it that was kind of part of the whole thing right and they he sold the script for $350,000 <laughs> exactly. And um, he had $106 in his bank at the set at the time, no car. He had just recently sold his dog the week before. He which was, go ahead. The dog appears, <laughs> appears in the movie, and that was the dog that he sold, but then uh, purchased back. Um, when it finally got to the studio, they gave the movie a budget of $2 million. And that was with a bigger name attached right. to it. So when but the reason he sold the script, he took a little less than he should have because his rule was or his contract stated he had to play Rocky. He was going to be in it. Yeah. And then when United Artists found out about that, they cut the budget from 2 million down to 1 million. And then they said if you go over it all, you have to pay for it yourself, over yeah. 1 million. Which so so the two producers, Erwin Winkler and Robert Chardoff, it it ended up going 1.1 million mm-hmm. bucks. They mortgaged their homes on so the that, project so that so that they could cover the extra $100,000 on this thing, which is just Amazing. It went a little bit over budget. But it ended up paying off for all of them in the long run. Kind of like our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Way over budget. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing story. And it is based on the real-life boxer Chuck Wepner, Mm -hmm. who fought Muhammad Ali in 1975 at uh, Richfield Coliseum in Ohio near Cleveland. Wepner was 36 years old, considered a moderate talent, but no one expected him to last more than three rounds against Ali. The longer the fight went on, the more shocked people became. And, and so that's what Ali the Bayon based this Bleeder. whole thing on. Yeah, the Bayonne Bleeder. Did you see the movie Chuck that came out? I was going to ask you. I did. And I thought it was pretty cool. I... Liev Schreiber was yeah. the star in that. It was kind of weird because I didn't realize how crazy his life got. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's kind of it, it reminds me a little bit of the real Kramer from Seinfeld, you know, like the, the you could take the the real Kramer tour in New York and that kind of thing. Chuck Wepner was really, you know, there were uh, there were a lot of things that they really didn't go into a lot of detail with how connected he wanted to be 
to this whole thing. And I mean, he went around to obviously telling everybody, oh, I'm the real Rocky and, and kind of living on that for a while. As long as he could. And then yeah. got mixed up some bad stuff. But even exactly. in that movie, Chuck, they, they referenced the Rocky movie because he goes to meet Sylvester Stallone. Right. In the Chuck movie. And that's, did they have a, a Stallone character in the Chuck movie? I'm trying to remember yeah. that now. It's only one scene. That's what I thought. That's and then thought. Chuck ends up being too high to be able to go. Yeah, but. exactly. But I mean, the thing about Stallone, but, he wrote this and he ended up writing all of the Rocky movies with the exception, now Creed and Creed, Creed, I should say, is different. He had a hand in writing Creed too, and you could tell, but I mean, that's kind of a different day. But still, the, all the Rocky movies themselves, he wrote... And each of them mimicked things that, life. That, things that were going on in his life. The rise to fame, then how you deal with the new creature comforts and all that success that you have and kind of the fall that comes afterwards. And, and then later in back. life things. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, and I didn't really realize, I probably realized it, but kind of going back and research this, it makes sense that, that all of that, but... Rocky essentially launched Sylvester Stallone into superstardom, and he's never come down off that comet almost 50 years later now. Well, and it's funny. Everybody has, like you said, um, and remember the Titans, that the coach, he plays the same role, Denzel plays the same role in every movie. Yeah. Rocky and Sylvester Stallone are almost the same person. Inseparable, yeah. Like, so I'm, it's hard even for me to separate the two. I know he's done Rambo, and I know he's done other movies and stuff, but he is Rocky. Yeah. And he puts that into the movie, which is probably why it's so relatable and why it was so successful. Well, and it's also the underdog story. And he just like real, dodgeball, <laughs> like a lot, like Rudy, your favorite. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's you just do that every story. podcast. You just do that on purpose, <laughs> just to throw it in there and get me amped up. But you know what? Unlike <laughs> Rudy, we don't have to hear someone championing. He was he was almost he didn't necessarily believe in himself that he deserved. This shot, it rocked the Rocky character. Unlike well, you, Rudy, where where they oh remind God. you throughout, where someone is always telling him how much heart he has, and and uh, you know if you were only bigger, and so it's, so he was an insecure Rudy, underdog. Yeah, I mean Sylvester Rocky is the anti Rudy, which is why as, I love this movie. Yeah, like there's even a scene where he walks that girl home. Right, and at the end of it, Screw she's you, like, "Rocky, yeah," and he's, and he's like, "Yeah, why would you listen to me? I'm just a creep out here." So like he course, was playing off that he knew that he's like, well, I guess I am kind of just a loser. Is it Marie or Maria? Maria, I believe. Uh, she comes back in the Rocky Balboa, and that's the woman, kind of the interest. Remember when he's he's got the restaurant? Now, do they end up dating in that? But that's the same. That's supposed to be the same. Did not girl. know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was the connection there. But I mean, it's Sylvester Stallone, so of course he was going to have that little connection to it. Um, well, okay. Well, no, go ahead. I was going to say, what's um. I'd like to get your opinion on what was like the thing you remember the most before watching. Oh like, my gosh, what I remember the most. Like when you when we say, hey, we're going to do Rocky, and you know you're going to sit down and watch it, what's the first thing that comes to your mind from the movie? The first thing that comes to mind is the stuff with Burgess Meredith, Mickey, specifically the apartment. And we'll get to that when we get to our favorite scenes. scenes. The, the, one, of the, one of the things that my friends and I always used to quote was the part about he had a nail in his glove, and he was poking holes in my cheeks, and I had spit coming out of my cheeks. <laughs> that and, you're going to crap thunder and spit lightning. Yeah. Eat lightning and crap thunder. Eat lightning and crap thunder. Thank you. Yeah. All right, I'll cross off my favorite line. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to change. But, yeah, I mean, Mickey, Mickey, I think, is always one of the first. Th some of the Mickey scenes come to mind first. Well, there you How go. How about you? <laughs> From this particular. Not Mickey, I take it. <laughs> 
No, I, I like him. I think he's good in the movie. The thing that comes to my mind, uh, two things. One, how kind of small the arena was. I remember that the first time I watched him, I'm like, eh. It's like you see like these old, like, uh, if you've seen Ali with the one with Will Smith, mm-hmm. the th- it's a grand stage when he fights in that. They theatrically built them up. Yeah. And part of it's because this movie just didn't have the budget to do that. No, they exactly. They didn't even have money for the extras. I mean, there were a lot of things that, like, when they're down in the shipyard, one of the first scenes where he's bouncing the ball and he runs into Gazo, his his boss, he's the he's the he's a leg breaker for Gazo, mm-hmm. the the loan shark, and he he walks by that ship. Apparently, that scene down there, they just they did without any kind of permission or permit. They just or thought any it looked that. nice. Yeah, they just followed him down there and they saw the ship, so they included that in the background, all of that. And there are other things that are just sort of renegade well, <laughs> filmmaking for for background shots and all that different stuff. It's funny because then I was going to say the other thing I remembered about this particular Rocky is him walking around bouncing. Is it a racquetball? I think so. Yeah, just like bouncing a, a racquetball. And I remember thinking that because I remember I watched this in college and I was a film major and I had to watch it for a project. And I thought maybe it was a little too slow of a movie because it was just him walking around with that ball. Well, and it really is because it is the less the least glitzy of any of the Rockies. But that... That appeals to me. And no. like even watching it this time, I kind of thought the pace, it was a long movie, mm-hmm. but I think it was good because it almost builds suspense. Like it, it it, almost made you focus. A lot of establishing shots and there's not a ton, like the dialogue kind of comes in bunches, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of establishing shots just to kind of see what his life is. The fact that he is pretty much a loner, he's kind of out there doing it himself. The, the, the very first scene where he's in the club, I thought is great as well when you go through where, I mean, he's he's just huffing and puffing and he's out of breath, and, and then we find out that he's a smoker as well, and apparently Sylvester Stallone was a smoker. Until this movie. Right, where because he realized, hey, I've got to actually get in some shape to yeah. do this whole thing. So, yeah, so, but that and the, the spider Rico, and you go from he's wearing a terry cloth robe at the end of that fight to the silk with the hood and of course the shamrock meat sign on the yeah. on the back uh, w- once he gets to fight apollo creed so there's there's a a big leap that he makes in the span of about 5 or 6 weeks in this movie which and uh, you touched on that scene by the shipyard or whatever mm-hmm. they shot a lot of that movie that way without permit it's called guerrilla style it, yeah exactly and like the running of him in the street and i i read these notes before i watch and you could see like as he's running in his gray hoodie, mm-hmm. you can see or gray sweatshirt, whatever. <laughs> you can see people like turning around and looking. Yeah, and that's not extras. Those were people. No, they were just in a van driving around, uh, recording him running everywhere. And they would take that out probably today if they did any of that kind of stuff. And I mean, I mean, you well, t- a million bucks back then was still a pretty good budget, but at the same time, by today's standards, you're talking about low end independent film essentially. Well, two. Two million, let's say one million, whatever. Your lead actor is going to make more than that by themselves. And that's yeah. not even going into post production. Way or, more than that, or yeah. the filming, or anything. you'd have to get agreements where where guys are taking stuff on the back end and credits and and all of that different kind of stuff. So the movie did win Best Picture in 1976. John G. Avildsen also won Best Director, and then everyone else was nominated for different. Uh, you know, Sly was nominated for Best Actor. Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Burt Young nominated for supporting roles. Bill Conti's score. You think this is one of the most famous movie scores of all time? Maybe this in Star Wars? Wow. 
Rudy? I'm not being a jerk. I actually no, think I the know. Rudy one's pretty iconic. But thi- like this in Star Wars are a lot more bold up front. You hear it. Where it's like you, you hear the first three seconds of either one of those, you know, know what you you're are. listening to. Yeah. The thing about the Rocky music, maybe even, I don't know where it started, but I think it was Balboa maybe. The scenes that were silent, that were powerful mm-hmm. in this Rocky, by the time you get to Rocky Balboa, they fill with that music. Right, and they always... It's almost like a, okay, I well, get it. Yeah, It's like you're at a football game, and every first down, they're going to play the same song. Right. It and, almost gets to that point. They didn't overuse it no. in this one. Though, this one was great. Yeah. yeah. You you heard it when he's when he's doing the run, mm-hmm. the montage, <laughs> where he's doing the training montage, right. and the run where he ends up going up the steps, and then also you get some, some uh, whiffs of it during the fight. Of course, they they kind of change it up a little bit, but yeah, you get you get some of the Rocky theme in every subsequent Rocky movie <laughs> afterwards. And uh, as of 2015, this film, Sylvester Stallone, is the and um, Charlie's Chaplin are the only two people in film history to have been the sole writer of an original screenplay and been the leading role in it and get nominated for both. Right, which is amazing. So I, I never. Never would have thought that. Interesting, again, we talk about the budget. Carl Weathers and Talia Shire. I mean, Burgess Meredith had been around for a long time. But, I mean, not a whole... There were no real names, probably, other than Burgess Meredith. I don't know what Talia Shire would have been as a name at that time, just because of... It's like a modern day, like, oh, I've seen them in something. I don't remember what. Yeah. That kind of The Godfather movies. But, so... When Carl Weathers was sparring with Sylvester Stallone, he accidentally punched him on the chin. Stallone tells Weathers to calm down because it was only an audition, and Weathers said if he was allowed to audition with a real actor and not a stand-in, he would be able to do a lot better. (laughs) So the director smiles and tells Weathers Stallone was the real actor and the writer of the movie. Weathers looks at Stallone and says, well, maybe he'll get better. And then Stallone offers Carl Weathers the role of Apollo Creed, which is the most identifiable thing that Carl Weathers has really ever done in his in his life. It's funny. I never looked up his name. I knew who Apollo was. Uh-huh. Carl Weathers is in Arrested Development. That's right. He's got yeah. He's a one arm guy in Arrested yeah, Development, isn't it, he? I knew the name. I've heard the name Carl Weathers. I didn't associate that with Apollo Creed. Uh-huh. So when I looked it up for this movie, I just thought that was a fun little connection. The original Predator. Still getting work. Did you ever see Predator? Did not. Yeah. But, Ain't got time to bleed. All right. Um, yeah, but I mean, this launches Stallone. He, the most notable thing he had done before this was the Lords of Flatbush. He had a total of 13 credits, the majority of them really small parts. But then, so after Rocky wins... Best Picture. He does Rocky II three years later. Victory in 1981 with Pele. Have you ever seen Victory or have you ever heard of it? Uh uh-uh. It's an underrated soccer sports movie. movie. It, yes, soccer slash. It's he and Pele are prisoners of war during World War II, and the whole the whole theme of the thing is they're going to play. I think I think it's in Paris in a big stadium in Paris. They're going to play this soccer match against the German soldiers. And it's an it's an escape movie, huh. and it's, it's I, pretty cool. I Pele's it, in it. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can dig it up at some point. Yeah. I think it's a it really cool. underrated sports movie. Yeah, he does it with Pele, who of course does his iconic back kick, backflip kick, bicycle, and everything. Yeah, the bicycle kick. Thank you. Educate yourself, Sean. I know, right? So <laughs> he does victory in '81, Rocky Three, and First Blood, the first Rambo, a year later. 
Rocky Four and Rambo First Blood Part Two in '85. So I mean, he is like kicking into the next identifiable franchise that he's got, where he's doing each of these in, in the year. same year, and then he does uh, Rambo Four or Rambo or uh, yeah, Rambo Three in '88. So I mean, from from '76 to '88, that's a pretty spectacular little run that he's got it's a meteoric rise before that it's a multi-millionaire run is what it is and he was only making 36 dollars a week in usher before rocky came out man no kidding which that is just insane it's kind of crazy to me to see him in this like underdog role because i think of sylvester stallone as even today you know he's one of the most iconic people you could not well known maybe but like if you saw a picture of him you would know who that is and it's watching the rockies and even rambo to some extent he is so so much larger than life. And I remember being in L.A. once in the late 80s, and we saw him like on, on some wherever it was, just like getting out of a car, getting a hot dog or something like that. And the dude is only like five foot nine. Right. You know, he's not he's not very big, but he's jacked, of course. Right. Well, that's like even in this movie at one scene, he was like like standing a certain way. And I was just like, he's got a lot of muscles. Good for him. Right. Did your opinion change? After watching it again. It actually did, but for a positive. Like I said, I remembered watching Rocky 1, and we've talked at some point we'll probably try to get through all of them, not mm-hmm. in a row, but that's a goal of ours at some point. I mean, it's a great franchise. Sure. And it's a sports franchise, so I, I think we need to I think we need to run through the whole thing, with the exception of five. That's I'm fine <laughs> with that. All right. But then, so like I thought, okay, I remember four being the best one. I like the Clubber Lang, Hulk Hogan in number uh, three, mm-hmm. and I thought the second one was great. Before I watched this, the first one bugged me because one, I thought it was too slow, and two, I didn't like the ending. You didn't like the ending to this one? No, I don't need a draw. Come on. Well, it wasn't a draw; it was a split decision. Eh, not there out. are a lot of split. Somebody decisions. should knock somebody out. <laughs> I don't know. It, I get the point of it, but I thought this movie. Set but he up, went the distance. That was part of. I thought this set the series up well, but now watching it back this time, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought and i it's like wow this one might be one of the up there with the rocky four for me a lot of people consider rocky two to be the best of them and it's been a long time since i've seen that so i mean that'll be the next one we do because we're going to go chronologically but i i really there there i remember bits and pieces but there's not big chunks of rocky two i remember so i'm i'm kind of anxious to see that again yeah i might just watch it again soon just (laughs) in the but then, because that coming. one that one has a resolution at the end too, which True. I enjoyed, and it it essentially launches movie Rocky's career when he wins the title. Mm-hmm. Sorry for any spoilers there, yeah. but I mean, yeah, Rocky itself, great movie. It is slow paced, and so going in, that's what was concerning me because I knew it was over two hours, and I'm like, ah, this the pace isn't that good. But I really did. It had been so long since I had seen it. I really did enjoy even. The pacing, the where there's part. not a whole lot of dialogue. So your opinion kind of like changed that. a little too. It did. It, I mean, I've always liked it, <laughs> but it 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 slightly took an upward turn. That's what even, mine was too. Just, just again, because I wasn't sure about the. I I don't think I had watched it in a long time because of the fact it's like ah, oh, it's it's a little bit longer. It's there it's and real, I respect it, yeah, but I don't necessarily exactly. need to. I don't think we're going to ever publish this podcast. So we're just agreeing on everything. <laughs> That's never happened. <laughs> well, so anything you noticed watching it this time that you didn't remember from before? With you, there might be a lot. No, I think almost the opposite. I, like I said, I've watched this a couple times since in the last few years, and I hadn't watched it before that. So mm-hmm. 
I guess I I didn't remember that Rocky knocks down Apollo pretty early into the fight. Yeah. And that's even watching it today, the, um, yesterday or whatever I watched it, I was like, whoa. And it like, drew my attention to that fight even more. Here's something I learned. I didn't realize what's it's a boxing movie. It's a fighting movie. The whole fight's the last like nine minutes of the movie. True. There's, there's training and stuff. There's in 13 there. minutes left in the movie when they start to hit in the fight. Yeah. In my mind, that scene was an hour. So I, I learned that it was a lot shorter. I'm not complaining. I just thought that was weird that the fight actually took up so little of the film. Yeah. In my mind, I thought it was a the back half of the film. But it, it really wasn't. did. It really did. So the biggest thing for me, I mean, again, because this is because this movie is so old, I thought that there would be more things. But apparently, because even though I hadn't seen it very recently, I, I have seen it a lot. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest. I, I knew it, but the biggest shock probably is just seeing Sylvester Stallone's body. <laughs> just because, again, by I mean, by the time even Rocky II and then especially Rocky III, I mean, he is jacked. He is on the juice right. to get in shape, and he has stayed in really good shape throughout his life. But he was just kind of a a burly guy with, with just a, a stocky physique. Which is perfect. Yeah, I mean, it really is. For what this it, movie was it, trying it fits to the role. He he was the perfect guy for this whole thing. I'm glad that United Artists, whoever decided to stick with Sylvester Stallone on this and not go a different direction. Yeah. He, even if it brought us Throw Mama from was it Throw Mama from the Train? But some some of the bad movies that uh Sylvester Stallone has made. Yeah. Okay. Favorite lines. Eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> I mean, is that the way you're going to go with it? You're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. You got to do it right if you're going to do it. No, no, you you nailed it. I don't have to say it when you can do it like that. I just love Burgess Meredith, man. I, love I can Mickey. tell. You'll be able to spit nails, kid. Like the guy says, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. <laughs> it's kind of like who you are in real life. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your spirit animal. I grew up with the Rocky franchise. So, again, it's like that's – I've – Love everything about this. So okay, it's it's hard for me to find any any real criticisms. The I, the driver when uh, when he sees the, the driver for Gazo, you get the license number of what of the truck that ran over your the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> I always always enjoyed that, Jim. Um, I liked. Uh, he's going into. He just is about to find out that his locker got cleaned out. He had, mm-hmm. he's walking in the building. And he says something. He goes, "Yo, you deaf?" And the guy goes, "No, I'm short." Like, <laughs> and then it turns out that's the guy that cleaned out his locker. And then when he finds out that his uh, stu- his locker has been cleaned out, you put my stuff on Skid Row. Yeah, <laughs> you put my stuff on Skid Row. I've been in that locker for six years, and you put my stuff in a bag on Skid Row. Mickey tells me what to do. I gotta do it, right, Rock? Where is it? the bag of his stuff out of his locker is yeah. uh, hanging on the hook over there? thought it was kind of funny when he was trying to pick up Adrian and he ate, you want a roommate? Oh, <laughs> like, uh, absolutely. Well, and then later when, when he's talking to Polly about it, she fills gaps. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> she fills gaps. <laughs> All right. Some of this is, yeah. I like, uh, I don't know, I think it's pretty well known, but at the end, we're like, ain't going to be no rematch. She's like, I don't yeah. want one. Right. thought that was a pretty good line. And that was, uh, that was always, you do wonder how much Stallone was thinking a by that movie. point when he when he wrote it yeah was he thinking that there could be a sequel down the line if because he didn't know at that point he had no idea what this whole thing was going to turn out to be but right. if, this could have so, been a flop yeah 
If so, I mean, that is great foresight on his part to include that in there. Do you think, I'm asking, I don't even know what the process is, but do most writers that write movies try to leave a little bit of open-endedness to try and, just in case there is a sequel? Well. Because it's a cash grab for a lot of them. Think back, think back to the 1970s, though, because when you think about it, now you had the Godfathers, but sure. was Godfather 2 even out by that point? I don't know. I know like that one. sequels, there weren't. There were not a lot of sequels pre-1980, when so like you think about it. The Godfather, this, and Rambo might be the first three series, film series that you know had the sequels. Yeah, because, I mean, you had... There was no the Gone Cannibal with the Wind 2. <laughs> yeah, you had Cannibal Run, Cannibal Run 2, but really, think, think and, back through the 1960s and anything before that. There were not a lot of sequels going on. And even to this day, do you think there's a lot of movie series, how many of the sequels are... I'm not even saying as good as the first, but like within the same ballpark, because there's a lot of sequels. Like I think the Fast and Furious franchise kind of they are good with the sequels, but there's a lot of movies that as soon as the sequel, like Major League, the sequel just falls off so fast from how good the original was. It's almost like you have like a hundred percent at the original, and then the sequels are like fifty percent as good usually. Yeah, the original Godfather came out in 1972. I'm going to see the Godfather 74. Part Two was 74. Yeah, so yep. there had to, so so. The second Godfather was out by then, but but again, really, you go pre Godfather. I'm not saying that there were no sequels to anything, but there weren't. Yeah, I don't think it was quite as common. But maybe with the Godfather in mind, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Because then, okay, it's interesting. If he were, had the second one, do you think he had the third one in mind? I don't. But the, well, by the second one, he had to. I think because then you? because he did get the second one. Right, but then does he think there's going to be a third one, or could he think? Because there's little nuggets that happen in each Rocky that it's like, did he really plan on the trainer dying in this one, Mick? Yeah. Did he really plan on Apollo not making it through four? Because if he saved those, that's really good foresight, but I don't think you can think that far ahead. Right. I think exactly. every movie is like, well, got to do something here. <laughs> All right, some other, lines. some other favorite lines when Rocky's in the bar before he finds out <laughs> that he's going to get his – it's the first bar that he goes in. And when he walks in, you can hear on the TV in the background, they're talking about Apollo Creed. And then he comes back. The, bar, the bartender says Creed is a clown. And Rocky says, he took his best shot became the champ. What shot you ever take? Yeah. I like that one. That's a good line. I mean, maybe that's kind of a little bit of what we were talking about with the Rudy thing. But, I mean, again, it's not nearly as... He's not straight out begging for compliments. Yeah, exactly. Nobody had to throw in their boxing gloves so that Rudy could put on a pair of boxing gloves and go out there and fight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But though, yeah. What are our lines? Uh, we we talked about the girl screw you creepo. Yeah. I guess yeah. I I think I said screw you Rocky, but it was screw you creepo. Yeah. Was the line weirdo. She had. A simple line, but when Rocky's trying to get her, get her, get Adrian to come up into his apartment the first time, he like goes in the doorway and he peeks back out and he just goes. Yo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that another a big Philly thing, though. That's another raw thing from this movie. That's why I call it like raw, like the the space, the timing, uh-huh. just the yo's. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. That and then bugged me a little bit. You get another, yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky, when he's doing the press conference on TV and they're watching. Yeah. Her and Polly are sitting in the living room and they're they're watching, yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky. You know, it'd be a fun, we should have done it this way. We should have watched this movie with a drinking game. Every time he says, yo, we take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see how much of the movie we can remember. I don't think there were a ton of yo's, though, were there? There's enough Overall, that we'd have a buzz. I guess I should pay attention <laughs> to that next time. Um, the yo, Adrian line, 
is the number 80 movie quote from AFI. I believe it. And then just Adrian, which Adrian. is which, yeah, that's what's that, the difference? Yeah, but that was number nine all time. Yeah, and then in that same, I guess not in the same scene, but and that's then, not sports movies. That's any movie, right? Probably. When he when he comes back to Adrian's house and Polly is there, Polly's like, "Hey, can I be your trainer now?" and all that. And Reiki says, "Who cared about me yesterday? Nobody. I'm going to train myself." And there's just kind of a there's that theme in there. It's it. it Taking getting care of kicked, himself. Getting yeah. his locker cleared out, and we'll talk about that with Mickey. But it, it's he was. He was just an absolute nobody with no reason to believe that he would ever have a shot like this. Nobody cared about him when he was a nobody. But as soon as he got his shot. Then everybody wants something. Yeah. and Now they're all over him. There's that that goes on with actual celebrity and, and everything else as well that he kind of in, includes as he continues to go forward. I mean, Polly is just a piece of garbage, by the way. Maybe but, that's one thing I didn't realize how much I just wish he wasn't in the movie. I know. Like, it's not even a good foil or for anything. There's no reason for him. Yeah, he's just he's just a jerk. Jerk. Yep. Yep. Uh, the promoter the night before the fight, I'm sure you're going to give us a great show. Yeah. I thought that was just a, a, a good when Rocky goes into the arena because he can't sleep and everything's quiet and he's looking around mm-hmm. and... You really cool get, moment yeah. until that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you get the attitude of of what all these other guys are looking at it mm-hmm. as they're they're just looking at it as a show. And that's the corner man during the fight. He doesn't know this is a damn show. He thinks that it it's a damn fight. Yeah, it was awesome. And just a great line too. They're, you know, those lines are powerful and like they say a lot. Yeah. Without saying a whole lot of words. Like you don't need the whole uh monologue of everything. And like he just says he doesn't know this isn't a show or whatever. Then you're like, oh, it changes the tone right there. See, and not to go back to breaking down Rudy, but but I I think if it was <laughs> no, but but, I, but if it was written a little bit differently, where it wasn't making Rudy out to be you know this this superhero in an undersized body all the time, if it was a little more humble, because remember, I'm the one who put it at number three on the on the movies list. But there are you did, and that, then since then, I feel like you've taken shots at it. You're coming to the dark side. I know. We have plenty of room on this bandwagon. And There's not a lot of people that hate true. it. So, Do you have any more lines before we go to scenes? I do not. Okay. So we'll go into scenes, um, and I'll start off the first gym scene when Rocky's talking with Mickey about his locker getting cleaned out. Uh, it just... Really, anything with Burgess Meredith in it. <laughs> You've mentioned this great. three times. I just have to make sure that I emphasize that. What was so, his line? What was his line? Which one? About eating something and crapping something. <laughs> How'd that go again? You're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. That's the same as your Patches of Houlihan voice from Dodgeball. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so Mick tells him that Dipper's a climber. He's a contender because Dipper is getting the the locker that, that Rocky had. He's like, the hell, what do you want? How are you feeling today? What? I said, how you feeling? What are you, a doctor or something? Well, you got problems today? Never mind my problem. What's your problem? My problem is I've been talking to your man, Mike. I want to know how come I've been put out of my lock. Because Dipper needed it. Dipper's a contender. He's a climber. Do you know what you are? What? You're a tomato. Me. Yeah, let's face it. I run a business here, not a goddamn soup kitchen. Did you fight last night? Yeah. Did you win? Yeah, I won K1 a second. Yeah, who'd you fight? Spider Rico. <laughs> He's a bum. You think everybody I fight is a bum? Well, ain't they? You got heart, but you'll fight like a goddamn ape. Nothing special about you, you never got your nose busted. Well, leave it that way. Nice and pretty, and what's left of your mind. 
You know, Mick, I think I'm gonna go take the steam. You know why? Because I did real good last night, and you should have seen me. Big game. You should have seen me, too. Hey, kid. You ever think about retiring? No. You think about it. When Rocky's leaving. Hey, Rock, love the locker. I dig your locker, right, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa. I dig your locker, man. Just a great scene. Yeah. That is. I mean, the whole movie is. Because they don't think that they spend too much time setting up that he's an underdog. Yeah. And maybe it's because he's not apologizing for it. Yeah. And that's the the interaction that, that Burgess, that, like you talk about on-screen chemistry, that's one thing about the whole Rocky franchise is Sylvester Stallone and Burgess Meredith had great back-and-forth chemistry together. Totally believable in is everything Is he dead in did. real life? He is. Yeah. He is. And, of course, he died... Was it Rocky three? That yeah, Rocky three. Clubber Lang. When Clubber Lang pushes him, and yeah, yeah. but uh, Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burgess Meredith. I mean, he was he was up there by the time right. Rocky That's, was was getting made. All right. So you, one of your favorite scenes. Um, like I said, I thought it was pretty cool about the dog because reading the backstory that that was actually his dog that he had to sell and then got back. I thought that was pretty cool to see the dog again. For fifty dollars. So that's your dog. favorite scene? No, the dog I thought, scene. I have a few. You know what? Fine. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go you know, ahead. There's always Burgess Meredith. By the way, passed away in 1997. He was 90 years old. Not quite 90 years old. He was 89 when he passed away. Well, that's older than I'll make. So. They could have kept him in the Rocky. Fr- uh, of course, uh, by the time, by the time three. I mean, you know, I would have liked to have seen him in four, but. Go ahead. Favorite scene. You'd like to see him in every movie. Love Burgess Meredith. Imagine if he played Eric Parsegan and Rudy, how great he would have been. Burgess Meredith, 181 credits on IMDb. All right. I'm the gonna last go. movie he made, Grumpier Old Men. Did you ever see either Grumpy Old Men or Grumpier Old Men? No, but I'm doing a podcast with one. I was, well, I was, what I was getting ready to say is we, you know, you're not quite old yet, but we're there. I fit that description. <laughs> Yeah, you, this says he was in Rocky Five. Was there a flashback in Rocky Five? I don't remember. All right, I'm gonna go I'm make sorry, lunch. Go you read all of his credits. I'm gonna go get a sandwich or something, and then by the time I come back, you'll be done. All right. You got another good scene that you like? Yeah, just all of them with Mick. Can we just get more Mick in them? Well, you're about to hear. I know. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I mean, mine is the the highlights of Mick. I like when uh, Rocky's meeting with Apollo's agent, and good Rocky one. thinks that it's as a sparring partner. Right. I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, if, if Creed needs, if Apollo needs sparring, I'd be a good sparring partner. We'll save the Mick one. I know what Sheen you're talking about. We'll save that for the last one, I think. Yeah, let me see. Uh, the music while he's training, the montage and stuff, mm-hmm. which became iconic. I think a lot of this stuff did. Um, the, the eating the eggs, I don't think, when you see that, you think back to Rocky. Yeah. The iconic stairs when he climbs them. Well, and I forgot. As one of my lines, the, the scene you were talking about with the promoter, where where you know Rocky is confused, he thinks he's there to be a sparring partner, and the promoter goes, "Rocky, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity?" Right, just sets up everything for the opportunity to, that he's about to get. For some reason, in my mind, I thought it was on the Fourth of July, not New Year's. <laughs> Wouldn't it make more sense if it was Fourth of July? Well, because because it was the bicentennial, and having lived through the the that was a big the U.S. Deal. Yeah, it was. Because I remember that I was in second grade when when the calendar rolled over to 1976, and that whole year, Everything it was a was big bi- deal about we the had a bicentennial. special quarter. <laughs> that's we did <laughs> yeah. the bicentennial quarter. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean it was a big deal. 1776 to 1976. That was a big deal. That that whole okay. year. So, All right, then that. But why not? So Jul- that's what that was about because it was on New Year's Day, 1976. But why not July 4th, 1976? Would have made sense too. 
Because that's a declaration, whatever. Um, because again, I, I think that as as Sylvester Stallone is writing this in probably like late seventy four and into nineteen seventy five, it only took him like three days to write this whole script. Yeah, that's... I guess it was seventy five because that's when the Wepner fight was was in. It was early in seventy five, but uh, yeah. So I, I think that that's probably because again, I think there was some build up coming toward that. He's like New Year's Day, yeah, so I mean, that's why that's, he decided to that's do that. Fine, yeah. I, just a little thing. No, I know. Um, but then like yeah, the eggs. That's a Rocky staple. And that, I've got that on my list as well. The alarm goes off at 4 a.m. He crawls out of bed and he starts drinking the raw eggs. And that kind of spawned, like, everyone thought that you were supposed to drink raw eggs if you were in training for something. And, like, you would instantly get a six-pack and, like, be in shape. (laughs) That's exactly right. I mean, that set off a whole, and, I mean, he's wearing Chuck Taylors as he goes out running. I know. As well. Think about how those, you're a runner. Think about how those would feel on your feet. No, I don't want to. I mean, but, it can't be the original Nike shoe wasn't made in a waffle iron. They weren't great either, but I mean, that's right. Chuck Taylor's, God. But I mean, he huffs and puffs to get up the steps at the end of that. And stairs. you were kind of starting to touch on that. I so. am. And then, you know, the two stair scenes were filmed a couple hours apart. Which is amazing. Which is fun. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's just a funny nugget. But the whole thing with the stairs that's cool is that was a technology innovation at the time. Right. Yeah, the, the, uh, the cam. The cam, which now, you can probably tell us about since your background is TV. Well, your I, job is TV. Right. Well, I didn't know that they were just messing around with the idea of a steady cam, which is a camera that the person almost wears. Yeah. And you get like that's when you see a touchdown, the guy runs off from behind the end zone and gets right in the player's face. So he can literally run, but you're not going to get like bouncing right. all over it, the place while he's it running. It gives, right. Yeah. NASCAR's recently started using it. Oh, really? Like uh, at the end of the race when the car's doing like a burnout, there's uh-huh. a steady cam going around with it. It gets okay. some really cool shots. But um, this was one of the first times it was ever used or introduced. The guy that invented it used this. It was in Bound for Glory in 1976 and Marathon Man in 1976 and then also in Rocky. In Rocky. And they were just messing around with the idea of it and trying to see what they could do with it. And then he actually left for L.A. because this was filmed in Philly. Mm-hmm. The cam guy was named Garrett Brown and then he was originally from Philly, went to L.A. And then they had to go and buy the footage back from him <laughs> to use in the movie because they liked it so much. Which probably helped shoot their budget, right. as it turned out. Yep. But then they actually budget. hired him to like do some more with this movie. And that that training running montage, I don't think Sly necessarily invented it, but he might as well have. I mean, I, he perfected it. It's one way. of the most iconic training month you know because again you're one-arm push-ups everybody thought they had to do one-arm push-ups after that and of course the culmination running up the steps and jumping around and of course for a few decades there was the rocky statue that was at the top of those steps no longer there they took it down a few years ago oh yep i actually just watched was there controversy you watched no it's just for whatever reason i think that they finally decided it's a fictional character it's a fictional character (laughs) and we don't really need it i'm sorry do i watch what do you watch This Is Us by any chance? Yes. <laughs> okay. So just last night as we're recording this, the f- the the family played by Sterling the Sterling K Brown, the dad, mm-hmm. their family had moved to Philadelphia and they walked up to the top of those steps at uh kind of towards the end of the episode and they were jumping around and you know throwing punches and and that whole thing, but there was no Rocky statue That's... out there. Why? Like I had heard a few years ago that 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 they took it down. I don't know the exact reason why they took it down. It's just weird. I understand if you don't make one, but if you're gonna make it, why don't you just leave it up or put it somewhere? Make a little rocky. You don't need a rocky memorial, I don't think. But 
You could leave it somewhere in Philadelphia that people could take pictures. It'd be a nice touristy thing. Because Philadelphia doesn't have a whole lot going for it either. They booed Santa Claus. City. This is from Wikipedia. City officials who argued that the Rocky statue was not art but a movie prop eventually moved it to the front of the so, Philadelphia spectrum. So it did get moved. Not to, Okay. Yeah. September 8th, 2006, the Rocky statue was returned to the Art Museum and placed on a pedestal pedestal in a grassy area near the top of the footsteps to the right of the museum. So now, instead of at the top of the steps, it is off to the side of the museum. <laughs> Which, again, it's like, I don't know exactly why, but... It's not like it's ruining the ambiance of that area. Yeah. So... But there it is. So there you go. I like the scene... Going along with all of this, where he hits the meat. I wonder Great how scene. many people went when, to. <laughs> when, when the TV camera is there and Paulie wants to be yeah. in the shot, and they're like, hey, the meat guy's in the background. <laughs> yeah. I guess he like really messed up his hands hitting that meat. Yeah, I saw where. Flat knuckles. He's got fl- yeah, he's got flat knuckles ha. now. And Stop. I mean, and I was looking at that when he was doing it. He didn't have a whole lot of wrapping on there. You would have thought he would have had his hands wrapped a little uh, bit better. You think? Yeah, I guess it was the yep. 70s. So Sylvester Stallone's knuckles are completely flat as a result. Maybe of that's how he knocked out the Russian. Meat. It's like an angle Maybe thing. so. One of the many reasons. I mean, he went to Siberia to train out in the, you know, <laughs> in they, the snow. It's a funny woodshed. Li- it's a fun line because it's over-the-top cheesy, some of this crap. No, you're right. But, but that's what's great about the original. For is some reason, it's, it's not over-the-top. Right, it's legit. Yeah. Like you, you feel it with them. Yeah, it became, it did... Especially by Rocky Three. I mean, it was you've got Hulk Hogan, Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Nobody knew who either one of those guys were. But I mean, by that by Rocky Three, it was everything completely became over the top, and there was mm-hmm. and there was a lot of cliche in it. But that's what's great about this first one is it's still pure. It's just a good right underdog, it's legit. yeah, underdog type story. Okay, um, another scene kind of already touched on it, but the scene where Rocky knocks down Apollo. Great. It's like, okay. And like you said, first time, kind of like Mike Tyson, Mm -hmm. about what, 15, 16 years later. Yeah. Apollo had never been knocked down. Yep. And Rocky knocks him down for the first time. And that was in the first round, too. Like right away. Yeah. And I, again, in my mind, I thought of it as, oh, he probably gets pushed around for the whole fight, but survives. And And I didn't realize that he got knocked down early. The look at the, what is it, the 14th round when Apollo knocks Rocky down. And then Rocky is staggering to get up, and Apollo's got his hands up in the other corner, and he's showing yeah. to the crowd. And when he turns around, and Rocky is stunt, you know, stammering to his feet, and he's like, and then what he do tells I have- him, "Come on!" Ugh, and the the yeah. look on Apollo's face is—it's nonverbal, obviously, but it is one of the best lines I think in the movie that that I should have included there. Just the look. On right. Apollo's face, and and again, it like what it do I have to do to beat this man? Exactly, exactly. I've given him everything. That, exactly, and I'm better than him. Why isn't this over? Right. Yeah, and that's why so many people buy into the to the whole Rocky franchise. I think. Okay, so I've you know I've let you kind of shoot through a bunch of your scenes. Yeah, but what you made fun of the first one, so I thought <laughs> I'd keep going until I got a hit. The other, the other Mickey scene when Mickey goes to his apartment. He's like, what happened to you is freak luck. You ain't going to get a second chance. And he tells Rocky that he has heart. And then Rocky says, yeah, I got heart, but I ain't got no locker. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I needed right. your help 10 years ago. Where were you 10 years ago? You didn't help. And again, it's, you know, back to the theme of yesterday, 
Nobody gave a damn about me. Now I've got an opportunity, and everyone's coming out of the woodworks. Where, where were you? And Mickey tells him his story, again, about the guy with the nail in his glove that I love. And then they're, they're going back and forth. Rocky goes into the bathroom, and then uh, he comes out, and Mick had, had picked up, or he forgot his hat. He closed it. He started to go out. He forgot his hat. He come back, comes back to get it. He closes the door, so Rocky comes out, and he sees him still there, so he goes back in the bathroom. The fight said I don't need no match. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain, and I've got experience. Well, i got pain, i got experience, too. Now, listen, kid. Hey, look, hey, Mick. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help. I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Well, I, I, uh, I know I, I'm 76 years old. And, uh, my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I didn't have no favors from you! Don't throw around me! Talk about your prime. What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime! I ain't had no prime, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't wanna fight that big fight, what's gonna happen to me? I'm gonna get that! I'm gonna get that! And you want me ringside and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Huh? Do you want to see me get my face like that? Legs ain't working. Nothing's working. They go, go on, fight the chair. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. And you come around here. You want to move in here with me? Come on in. Come on house. Real nice. Come on in and move. It stinks. Two place stinks. You want to help me out? Well, help me out. Come on. Yeah. But apparently... All. I think a lot of that was ad lib by Stallone, yep. which is amazing considering how powerful that scene is. Yeah, and and I mean, and and not only that, Passionate. but but just the detail that he that went into the writing of the rest of the script that he ad libbed that whole thing, and and so you can again going back to the fact that so much of the character was autobiographical with Sylvester Stallone. I think that kind of says a lot about that as well. He says he later it was all improvised by Sylvester Stallone. And he said he was later heavily influenced by the fact that the bathroom of that tiny apartment which they were shooting really did stink. <laughs> so That's awesome. So Yeah, so and then of course he ends up Mickey leaves mm-hmm. and Rocky is still yelling in right. the apartment. He's yelling all this different stuff at him. Mickey leaves and then finally you don't get any dialogue, but Mickey's walking down the street. You see the the camera is set uh, by by the door stoop. Stallone comes out, Rocky comes out, and he runs down the street, and they kind of talk. He puts his arm around him. They shake they hands. They give an embrace. And that essentially mm-hmm. becomes you know, a, a very, pardon the pun, Rocky beginning to the relationship. But it becomes essentially the most important relationship in the Rocky franchise. Arguably. Would you, would you put another one above? Was, is Adrian a more important relationship? 
you could almost argue his and Apollo's relationship becomes. But that's that's down the road. That's not until but you said in the series. Well, because I'm saying the but his I mean, connection with Apollo is what set off movie two. I see what you're saying. And then in three, he was his trainer for Clubber. I don't know that. And that, then in four, he dies to motivate him to fight the Russian. Yeah, I don't know that the Apollo relationship is as well. Maybe if you include the Creed stuff, because that ends up factoring in. But I'm that's saying he way was everything. down the line. He was an opponent. He was a trainer. He was yeah. a motivator and different. For, I'm just. No, I got you. Eh. I got you. And then the other scene, the night before the fight, after Rocky gets back from the empty arena, and he's laying there in bed with Adrian, and his his monologue to Adrian, I was nobody before. It really doesn't matter if I lose. All I want to do is go the distance. I want to know for the first time in my life that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. And apparently this this was at the point where the budget on the film – is really tight, tight, and they didn't want to include this scene. The, the the filmmakers didn't want to include this, but Sylvester Stallone kept pushing for it, and he does it in one take. That whole the whole spiel, which which again just gets to the core of exactly who Rocky is. I mean, he looks like a Neanderthal in the movie, kind of <laughs> right, but he's obviously very talented. But I mean, in if, real life, if you don't have do this. if you don't have that speech. I don't think anything that happens in the fight is nearly as meaningful. No. That's a very important scene. Yeah. I can't beat him. Apollo? Yeah. I've been out there walking around, thinking. I mean, who am I kidding? I ain't even in the guy's league. What are we going to do? so hard. Yeah, it don't matter, because I was nobody before. Don't say that. Oh, come on, Adrian, it's true. I was nobody. That don't matter either, you know? Because I was thinking, it really don't matter if I lose this fight. It really don't matter if this guy opens my head either. Because all I want to do is go to distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance, you see, and that bell rings and I'm still standing, I'm gonna know for the first time in my life, you see, that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. Exactly. Because when you get to Stallone getting up, or Rocky getting mm-hmm. up after getting knocked down by Creed, and, and Creed with the look on his face. Do you have any other scenes before we... No, I feel like we should mention the ice skating scene, but it's not... And that was another one... That There's, apparently they wanted they wanted the arena to be full, mm-hmm. but there was no budget for it. <laughs> so yep. it's amazing what they did on a shoestring budget in this. And so they they kind of cobbled together the scene that ended up being, right. and that's one of the one favorites. Extra, and yeah. it was the guy that they actually yeah the yeah. guy the, the the worker turning on Eight and off minutes. the lights. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, anything bugs you about this? Um, the only thing this is this is minor, and this bugged me. Before doing the research, and then when doing the research, I found out it was actually true because the cutaway shots during the fight look like were, old stock footage. Oh, they were garbage. And that's what it is. Like yeah. they cut away to the crowd. So they right. must not have had much of a crowd. Again, probably, probably based on budget. Referencing earlier, yeah. Yeah. So they, they kept cutting away, and you can tell that it doesn't match the film and, and what's actually going on in the arena. And there's one shot 
where the camera is probably down at floor level and they're behind Creed and Rocky and you can kind of see empty seats yeah. in the top of the shot. Yeah, but... <laughs> Eh. No, I know. Again, it's a right, minor no, thing. That, but it, that it, is what bugs us, it is bugged, minor things. Yeah. It bugged me more before I, I did the research and found out that that's actually what happened, that they couldn't fill the arena. Right. And then, so it was interesting. It was like, oh, that actually makes that's, sense. That's yeah. why they had yeah. to do it that way. And it, when you find out about all the issues they had with budget, it completely makes sense. Anything that bugs you? Uh, Sean Styers. <laughs> no, I said that I mean, that's every day. So I said maybe this was a little too long. And you're but right. Then, we're agreeing a lot on this one. We haven't really disagreed on much. And when I thought it was too long, I don't want to just be that guy that says, oh, this should be. I thought, OK, well, what would I cut out then? Yeah. And I said the scene where he takes Marie home. Like, what does that add to the movie? That's true. It's almost like you kind of reference. It's almost like a Rudy turn a little bit. Like, why would you listen to me? I mean, the only the only thing. And there again, there was no way that he was going to be making a movie forty or thirty-three years later or whatever. With a it was, throwback to that, where she ends up being kind of a pseudo love interest when he's, which is even creepy if you Balboa. think about it. Because <laughs> well, but that many years later, it doesn't matter. We're all consenting adults. <laughs> consenting adults, sure, but he's like seventy <laughs> and she's probably thirty. It's fine. We'll let that all go. Um, I could deal with. She's not thirty. She's in her forties at that point because she was a teenager in seventy-six. And so Balboa was made in 2006, so that's 30 years later. She's in her 40s. So I said I could go without <laughs> Polly being an alcoholic. Like, that didn't add much to the movie to me. Yeah, I, like it I don't know why he had to be such a, a jerk. A jerk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Careful. I mean, could you, could you have reworked that character a little bit so yeah. that he wasn't such a turd? Like maybe mean, make him be against Rocky fighting, but don't make him an alcoholic that turns into this weird scene. Beats his sister yeah. up and everything Yeah, I don't need else. all that. Yeah, throws said, the turkey out the window. I said too many scenes of him bouncing the ball, walking around. By the way, if that turkey was in the oven... It was hot. He's not grabbing a turkey leg and eating it like that. No. <laughs> I don't care how drunk he was. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's a minor thing that bugs me. And then kind of going back to what you just said about uh, Marie... It bugs me in the overarc of this series that Rocky is old and washed up and retiring in this movie, and then 30 years later, they're still making a movie where he fights. Yeah. I mean, that is that is one thing about the whole Rocky franchise, that even by Rocky 4 and 5, I mean, he was getting but to the point. But this one, that's a fair because it's playing into the character of yeah. this old guy that's like just being thrown to the Because he was in his 30s. The character was anyway. I'm I'm not sure exactly. How, I mean, Stallone probably. Yeah, he would have been right around thirty as well. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, that's about all I got for that. For all right. Me. Any, I got. Go ahead. I, like, I got some random facts. Okay. I don't know where they. This is the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture. Hmm. Um, ranked number four in the AFI 100 Most Inspiring Movies of All Time. Number so four. Kinda, I like the rankings. Yeah. I don't know why. Ranked number two in the AFI's list of the t- 10 greatest films in the genre of sports. I can see that. And number 57 all-time in any genre. Does it rank, when you think of sports movies, does it rank in your top five? This is one that it I think is easy to forget yeah. because of the age of it. And like not having seen it in a while when we've talked about some rankings of some of these other stuff, whether it's Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, some of the football movies. I, th- I don't even think this is my favorite Rocky so that's kind of a. So what's your is four your favorite since you saw it first? I like I'm a big Hulk Hogan guy, so I really like Thunder so Lips. Like Thunder Lips. Uh, no, I think two, because I almost feel like the first two in my mind are bridged together because it's the same opponent. Yeah. 
the tone changes in the second one. Yeah, but there's there's a little more glitz and glamour and actual polished. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but the two of them go together in my mind. So okay. maybe I could group it in with that. But I don't think it's a top five. I, did, I, I didn't really like the Adrian gets sick in Rocky Two myself. Yeah. I'm telling you, in every movement, he tried to do something different with one of the main characters, and that was... No, he did. There were twists along the way. Yeah. He he tried, at least. I mean, can't fault him. This it, is the it, only, it turned out pretty well for Sylvester Stallone. Only Best Picture to be nominated for Best Song. Really? Which is unique. Um, Rocky Balboa is number seven for all-time heroes on that AFI list. I can believe it. No, I don't think I think Rocky is probably a top ten, but I'm taking it as the whole franchise, not this particular movie. Okay, I'm, I don't think you can separate them really. Maybe I th- you can. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't. I'd I'd put it in my top five sports movies. I mean, boxing movies. There's there's no comparison. I guess you would have to split hairs and decide which Rocky you probably like. Better. I don't think because so. like C- Cinderella Man. It was okay. Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Oh. I, I, she won an Academy Award for that. I think right. Yeah, that movie won. As well. Did it one as well? Yeah. Okay. What was the? There's a old rock, a old uh, boxing movie too, isn't there? There's uh the movie about Rocky Marciano. That's what I was trying to think who, of. Of course, it's not Raging Bull, is it? It is. Rage, thank Raging. Thank you. Bull. Yep. Raging Bull. Raging okay. Bull. Robert De Niro. Yep. Yeah. Which is it's a lot tougher to watch. Yeah. Because of just the content, it's right. like <laughs> he's he's Paulie's brother or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But but that's where obviously the the name came from. They were they were going to use some other kind of more generic name for the character, and they decided to go. With Rocky, just because they like the sound of it, based on Rocky Marciano. And in his apartment, there's a big poster of Rocky Marciano. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but like when he's I talking, did. yeah, I did. With it, and, the, yeah. and the pictures of him on the mirror mm-hmm. are all of him, Sylvester from his youth. Yep. Any uh, any casting changes you would make? That's <laughs> impossible. It's tough for me anyway. Like obviously, this movie won Best Picture, and it's one of the most iconic. Whether you put it in your top five or whatever. It's definitely one of the most iconic sports things, mm-hmm. so I don't think you can recast it. Plus, I don't know who I don't know the actors that well of that era to know who could take it. I've got a new question that we're going to start asking. Oh boy! And this is based on the fact that you have tried to get this guy in every <laughs> Which, movie. We've let me talked guess about. the question: What role would I put Costner in in the movie? Exactly. <laughs> is that the is that the the way? Would Costner make the movie better? Should Kevin Costner have been in it? What Look, if I want to, if I want to recast this thing, here's what I do. I, I, I got <laughs> Apollo Creed is now played by The Rock. <laughs> so if you're making it today, yep, The Rock, and then I'd put Kevin Costner as Rocky. Kevin Not Costner today. as Rocky? No, he'd have to be the trainer. <laughs> he could be a good trainer. And now give some he motivational might be the trainer. Yeah. Now he might be able to because of his age. I think he could be Mickey. Uh, he could be the drunk brother. I don't care. Just I mean, get him in the movie. <laughs> back then, back then, his career was still getting started, so it's not like he would have been. There, there was really no place for him. I feel like a lot of young these, Kevin Costner. A lot of these movies, you have problems with the the female leads, the love interest. Usually, you seem to disagree with. No, I've got no problem with Adrian in this. I mean, my my biggest problem that I had is, her brother is, is just the character of. Jane in <laughs> All right. For Love of the Game. So you can find us on iTunes. And I love Kelly Preston, <laughs> but I don't like that character. <laughs> I've never met her. I don't know if I like her or not. <laughs> love Kelly Preston as an actress. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, good for you. All right. So so <laughs> Kevin Costner is a new question that we ask every week. So keep that in mind going forward. 
Huh. I'm gonna, I'm what gonna, role would Kevin? What role could Kevin Costner have played in this movie? Okay. Well, he could have played every role. Really, he's a pretty good, talent, talented guy. <laughs> Does it hold up over time? That's um, the one that we have to do. How could it not? They're still making these damn What's, things. <laughs> what struck me? What struck me right away after watching it? You could take the whole script, and you wouldn't have to change a thing. Nope. Because there are no references to phones. Really, mm-hmm. there's no reference. There's there's it's abstract of any of those. That time period could be all yeah. universe could, anywhere right you now. You could put it anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And even even the lingo, that you know, there's really I'm, not a whole lot of stuff you'd have to change. I'm kind of joking, but not really. Creed two just came out within the last six months, a year. Yeah. So I mean, it's still going. Yeah. So obviously they can remake it. Yep. Maybe they just need to add a little Kevin Costner. Well, I don't know if they can remake it. They can keep adding on to the franchise. I don't think you can remake this just because you've had so many sequels. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of another movie. Like, Raging Bull, for example. That didn't have a bunch of sequels. You could probably remake that. Sure, but that's more of a biopic. I'm just throwing that out there as an example. Like, I I heard recently that they're thinking about redoing White Men Can't Jump. And that's a movie that... I don't, have you seen that? I haven't. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, I, yeah. early 90s. It's pretty dated in terms of a lot of pop culture references, things that were going on, but like you don't get that at all in Rocky. It's undated, I think, as, as, as far as the script goes. Right. They're not me- referencing this new anything. Yeah. I mean, because they don't reference anyone Just the in bicentennial. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, yeah, well, yeah. That would, that would change things a little bit. Yeah. It, because that wouldn't matter because you did have the bicentennial sure. theme and the, and that's where the stars and stripes trunks that get used in almost every other Rocky movie after that. I'm surprised they didn't have one with him fighting on January 1st, 2000. No, nope. ah, Y2K. Y2K. But, no, I don't. The time period's fine on this. I, don't, yeah. I think it all holds up. And it's, it's still fun to watch, too. It is. And, and again, I enjoyed watching it more than I thought I would. And not that I didn't think that I would enjoy it, but... The parts that I thought were weaknesses were stronger than I remembered. Yeah. Because even... And and maybe it's because of the effect that media and technology has on us today. Our attention spans tend to be shorter, but... So even the spaces where there was no dialogue and nothing really... It almost drew you in. Yeah. It didn't bug me as much as I thought it might. Yeah. All right, Bobby. Well, we didn't have a lot of disagreements today. I know. That was terrible. I know that hurts you. We'll have to figure that out. Makes me a little uncomfortable myself. I'll send you some mean texts later. All right, so we're going to continue to follow the Rocky franchise on the Two Guys Talking Sports Movies podcast. I'm gl- I'm actually glad the last couple we've done, we actually both like the movie. So I I think that actually helps yeah. a little bit yeah. <laughs> so that we're not ready to cut each other's throat. <laughs> I'm always ready for that. It's no replacements. Let's put uh. it that way. No, but you still got the Rudy and Jane stuff in, and now you're digging me with Kevin Costner. I always take my shit. So Kevin Costner will make an appearance in every podcast from here. We'll have to bring him on for one. <laughs> He's would. been wanting to get in I on mean, here. Seriously, yeah. All Kevin, right. if you're listening, please. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys talking sports movies. We will talk to you next time.